So Crisp, a tasty bite-sized podcast that serves business, bravery, branding, beauty, sex, love, motherhood, womanhood, feminism, labels, psychology, marketing, messaging, mavenry, musicals, and the mess we call life. All deliciously dished up and ready to consume. In fact, is there anything we don't discuss? Not with Jay Crisp Crow, copywriting queen from Crisp Copy in the kitchen. I hope you're hungry. Imagine having a medical degree. Imagine being a medical doctor or a lawyer, a professional, a teacher, an entrepreneur. Imagine having the smarts and determination to make it in the field of your choice. And then imagine people speaking to you as if you're frustrating to communicate with you, as if they don't really trust you'll understand what they're saying with a bit of a slight eye roll, a bit of a patronising tone. It doesn't really match up, right? According to stories from women who immigrate to Australia and the US, many English first speaking language countries, those kind of microaggressions and barriers are delivered either subconsciously or inconsiderately during many conversations simply because English is their second or third language. South Africa has 11 official languages and English is the home language of only one out of 10 people living there. And while it is taught in many schools, it's no surprise that a language not commonly spoken amongst a large percentage of the population would be kind of tricky to immerse yourself in the moment you stepped ashore on this big red land. Today, I have the irrepressible, intelligent, driven force that is Ricky Deal, who has bravely put her hand up to discuss one of the biggest barriers she's faced in becoming an entrepreneur and starting a business in Australia, speaking English as a second language. Now, Ricky uses the term heart language, as in how to run a business when English isn't your heart language in her emails. And it made my heart feel a little something. With everything that women have to battle within themselves to have the confidence to step out on their own, quit their jobs, build a brand, have the chutzpah to find out what they actually love doing and make a profitable business out of it, I wanted to learn what Ricky has to teach us about adding literally thinking in another language because Ricky speaks Afrikaans and then having to translate it every single time she communicates for her business. Now, Excuse my probably shocking pronunciation when I say welcome, Ricky. I feel like we've... (laughs) He laughed. (laughs) That's okay. You can laugh. perfectly fine. Wonderful. (laughs) I I didn't expect it though. (laughs) Oh, good. Oh, okay then. Um, I feel like we've known each other. I feel like we know each other quite well by now. But can you tell all the So Crisp listeners a bit about you and your amazing business? Thanks, Jay. It's such a privilege to be here. And... um, In the last year, like you said, we've uh, worked together and I've actually chose to work with you because I was so scared of English and starting my new business, (laughs) especially that website. So that's where you came into my life and I'm forever grateful. So my business I run is Tame Your Zoo and it's actually helping parents understand their children better in terms of their temperaments. So um, the extroverts or the chatty ones and the shy ones, the more anxious ones and so on. But because we understand our children's temperaments and uh, our own temperaments as well, because we have them too, we can actually communicate better with our children or just give them the space to grow up, to be the people that they are meant to be in an environment where they feel comfortable and safe. I love it. So firstly, can you talk us through what that process I just mentioned is like, that like the thinking in one language, your heart language of Afrikaans, and then the translation that needs to happen before you speak English. And is it different when you're verbally communicating to when you're writing? How does that work? Um, Yes, definitely. I think because we grew up that English is a business language or a school language. We never um, really 
feel comfortable with the emotional words and things and the grammar in Afrikaans. So the order of the words in a sentence is different than in English. So you cannot translate the words word for word. You have to translate and actually change the whole sentence grammar as well. Um, and that can sometimes be confusing because you have to think of the whole sentence in your head and then translate the words and the order of the words as well when you speak. So sometimes it's easier to do it in writing yeah, because you can see it. But when you talk, you have to do it simultaneously, which is sometimes much, much harder. Yeah. And what, back me up here. English is the weirdest language ever, right? Like our rules make zero sense. Oh, yes, definitely. Def and there's so many words with a gazillion different meanings. And yeah, so definitely it's, it's, I find it because of all the tenses of was and were and is and are and all of those things. We don't have that in Afrikaans. So it makes it very confusing to uh, have to learn all those extra words as well. And all, yeah, the, rule, the rules that are rules until they're rules and then they're not rules anymore except for these exceptions. I, and I, then the pronunciation as well. Because if it's an OU, like though or thought or something, that how you pronounce it is also different. And if you, so there's no, no way to look at a word and actually know how to pronounce it in English, I have found. You have to learn it. Right, right. See, I remember, I remember, I remember your first emails, reading your emails about thinking that you may possibly one day might want to come on So Crisp. This has been a long process, listeners, to get Ricky here in the hot seat with me um, and talk about this stuff with me. And I remember reading your reasons with a little bit of, like, it was probably ignorant, but it was surprise um, because I just, like, I have to take a moment here to tell our listeners how we first met. The first time I heard the heard you, heard from you over email, you were just so... <laughs> darn insightful and eloquent. I just nearly hired you full time on the spot. So I had spoken at a conference for VAs about copywriting, either for their brands or to add to their skill sets for clients. And I'd actually invited the entire audience to pitch for a job with me. Um, Ricky was running a VA business while building her heart business of parenting educator. And Ricky's email was this stone cold standout. She just utterly and beautifully expressed my frustrations. She told me what she'd do about alleviating them. And she even conversion copywritten me <laughs> into giving her some tasks right now to get the ball rolling. I had, I've literally never been pitched so perfectly or so hard. Um, and I would have had zero clue that English wasn't your first language. So when I read in your notes that you mentioned how scary it was to start a business, plus with the added, I guess, barrier of having to do this translation all of the time, what, like, what did you find particularly daunting and how much was the fear of being misunderstood part of that? I think the energy levels right. is the biggest thing because for me to write that, that email to you, I think it took me three days. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, no, but it was a good process. But it, it was, it's that fear and that checking and rechecking. It just takes up more energy than for somebody else who will just write it and send it off yeah. because we have to go back and check. And then you have to check spelling and then you have to check grammar, but then you have to check um, the meaning of the words that you use. Is there a word that's actually better describes it? Or yeah. can it be interpreted in a different way? And I think that was the biggest thing for me was starting the business online was just, it took up so much more energy and time and it was exhausting 
to mm-hmm. make sure that you communicate effectively, correctly. And, um, and so for every hour somebody else spend, a non-English speaking person might spend two plus, I'm not going to say how many hours per person, it depends, <laughs> but it takes just so much more energy to get all of those things right. And I think that was why I was so scared to do the copywriting for my website. Yeah, that was, I think it was, like it was a brilliant decision. Like I always think that it's a brilliant decision for everybody to do their own copywriting. Like I'm not trying to talk myself out of a job, but um, I've had, I've worked with a, um, an ex-UN um, lawyer and she had English as a second language and she was equally scared about her tone of voice being reflected in her copy when ultimately, and you're in a similar position, like all of the roads in your website lead to Rome. And that Rome is you standing in front of a group of parents speaking about really sometimes very emotional issues. So ultimately they have to meet you (laughs) for your copy to be a success. Like that's the purpose of having the website, right? Yes. But what I actually really enjoyed about your, um, copywriting class the biggest thing for me was as I think if I can take one thought out of those three four five months was when you said people scroll and they only you don't have to do it at the Queen University master's degree level of English you can people just want the information and they scroll past and they scan the internet so if you just pitch for a proper school level of reading that's fine and and it gave me so much confidence and it doesn't undermine people's intelligence reading it it's just that's what they want in that moment and it's all that they need to know and I think it gave me so much confidence to be like you know what this is okay. I, I can do year seven level English. That's fine. <laughs> that, I, will, I will manage for that. And that gave me a lot of confidence in all my posts, in my social media, in my newsletters, website, everything from there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, so what's Ricky, what Ricky's um, t- talking about is the fact that when I teach the conversational tone of copywriting, which it has to be if you're going to then lead on to um, having conversations with people because you just want the trajectory to be one big long conversation where it's great for the client the entire time is that I told everyone that basically the minute people open up their laptops, their reading ability, no matter how intelligent they are, drops to a year seven or below reading level um, because because of the way we've been conditioned to consume content on the internet, which is fast, snappy, conversational, get the right information in, doesn't really matter about the sentence structure. Um, So like awesome work. I think you've done awesome work. You want copywriting glory and an itty-bitty price tag? The Crisp Copy Class Self-Guided Course Option is a comprehensive copywriting course for women ready to write bank-making copy on a bootstrapping friendly budget. Over 30 hours of recordings, oodles of downloadable worksheets, tutorials and structural guides, everything from about pages to sales pages and all the copy in between, all with lifetime access. Wet your whistle at crispcopy.com.au and click the courses tab or check it out in the show notes. Anyway, you've heard me say this a thousand times before. Business ownership really is the steepest personal growth adventure you could possibly sign up for. So what what realisations have you made about your audience and yourself and your ability to communicate the worth of Tame Your Zoo and that brand to the right people since starting your business? What helped make those realisations? Um. I think the biggest thing for me was if people can just under, I actually think my English 
um, I make it too much of an issue. Yeah. Where a lot of people in general, oh, you always have the grammar police and you will always have somebody who will text you or email you or something on a spelling error you made somewhere. I, I do get that all the time. But in the beginning, it, 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 it broke my heart and I felt terrible. And then later on, I realized, you know what? 99.9% .9 of people just want to consume your content. They just want to know what you, what you have to say. And they, if they understand, like I said, your heart language, if they just understand how can I benefit from your knowledge and how can I build my family into a happier home, they don't really care if it was or were or is or are. It's, it's the gist of the whole thing that they want. And I, I think as soon as I realized that, um, of course, we have to be professional and you look more professional if there's no spelling mistakes on your website. <laughs> but the gist of the whole thing is that people love you for who you are. And if your personality shines through and if your content is valuable to people, that's all they really care about. Yeah. Um, and I think as soon as I realized that it's, it's okay, it's okay. Um, just be who you are, acknowledge it, embrace it. I think uh, I will never lose my South African accent. Apparently, if you immigrate after the age of 16 years of age, you don't really lose your accent unless you work really hard at it. So I'm stuffed. I'm never going to lose it. <laughs> so Good. I can just as well embrace it. Yeah. So in my workshops, actually in my second slide, so my first slide is an introduction of who I am and welcome to the workshop. And then my second slide, I actually have these... Um, two photos, two images, and one is of this beautiful Pinterest uh, birthday cake and this, the perfect um, icing and the perfect light and everything on it. The cake is just amazing. And then right next to it, I have one of these cakes that, um, these nail it cakes that you always see that people go like they tried it at home and it looks horrendous. It looks like something from a horror film. And then I have that photo. And then the caption on the photos, uh, the beautiful one, I actually write uh, the English in my mind. <laughs> and on the other one, I write the English when I speak. And then everybody in the workshop laugh about it and we all chat about failed birthday cakes and then we move on. But then if I make a mistake in the workshop, I go like, see, see, see. So I embrace it. People understand and we all just move on. And if I get stuck and I can't find a word, often people will either, it's like charades, people will start guessing words <laughs> in my <laughs> workshops. <laughs> until we find the next one but then it's part of the growth process and it's yeah. part of, of of I still portray my message even though I still have to find one or two words here or there yeah I love that and so suddenly every the audience is on your team and, they, and then they forgive you for that one mistake yeah. and and often then I actually get in my comments after the workshop no your English is not that bad I go like <laughs> yes I've set you up to say that <laughs> <laughs> So clever. Um, I love it. So like you, you've done the Chris Poppy class with me, Ricky. You know that I'm going to ask you to give Fine Ears Listening a call to action right about now. Besides watching our use of slang, do you, th do you find like Australian slang particularly weird? Oh, yes, definitely. Bring a plate. <laughs> Bring a plate. That threw you, did it? What did you think that meant? Oh. Bring your own cutlery. Oh, right. Of course. Yeah. You know, we, I didn't yeah, know there was supposed to be something in the plate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did, you, did, did you tell me you went to a party with a plate? No, you figured um, it out. I actually figured it out yeah. beforehand, but it did happen to a few of my friends. And the other oh. one was tea and dinner. 
If you invite somebody for tea, they expect food. <laughs> or not tea. <laughs> we, yeah. So, so yes, they were definitely slang um, that, that threw us out. And the other one was uh, my shout. I was oh, still working okay. in a corporate environment and I really didn't understand what my shout meant. Right. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, well, so that well, your, your, our shout is always good for you. <laughs> you, <laughs> you probably could have played that along a little bit longer and just gone, I don't know what that means. It's not my turn. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so besides, besides sometimes needing to explain a, a, a slang term, what are the tips you have for business women who are communicating with other women where English isn't those other women's heart language? Okay, yeah. So first of all, if you are not English speaking yourself, I think it's what I just said, just embrace it, make it part of your brand, make it part of who you are, make it known. And, um, and, and just be the best in whatever you do in your content and everything else. And most often, most people will just let it slide as long as they can understand what you are trying to say. So I think it's that confidence in it's okay. It's okay. You can manage that. Yeah. The other one for the English speaking people, I think there's two things. And the one is just give us some grace. If you can hear that somebody talks with an accent, just give them some grace and space and try and understand um, what they are trying to say. Yeah. And, um, but then the next one is don't judge our intellect on the way we speak English. Like you just said, that person might be highly, highly, highly qualified in their country. And the example that actually brought that home for me was uh, we had a Japanese exchange student last year who came and stayed with us for two or three weeks. And uh, she was in year six. And both her parents were um, highly qualified neurosurgeons in Japan. They had their own hospital. They were so, um, uh, they ran the hospital, both the father and the mom. And she will email me and say, is my daughter okay? But the English was horrendous. Mm. So she probably wrote it down somewhere and got Google Translate to translate it and then send it through. But I could see her heart that she was mm. concerned for her child. And she's obviously a highly intelligent woman. Mm. Um, and, and I think it, it, it just gave me some grace for her and, and a care that it's okay. Um, so I think that's the big one. Just because people can't speak English doesn't mean that they don't have something to say. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's a, probably a really good rule to follow. Like English is not the standard by which we should judge anyone. Eh? Yes. And speaking is probably not the standard by which we should judge anyone because we know that there are highly intelligent people moving through the world that don't speak at all. Um, and so it, it's such a good, I think it's, it's such a powerful message that you've brought today to just take a moment and think about the person behind the words. Um, I'm really appreciative that you, that you did finally bite the bullet and say, yes, you'll come on. Um, and before we go, I do want to really take a moment to honour you, Ricky. Like I don't do this <clears throat> very often and I don't, because I don't think I've ever had someone take me up on a course offer and put in quite so much considered, careful, brilliant work as you have. I think it's a testament to your dedication to your business because oh, thanks. <laughs> well, you're just the kind of woman who will learn a thing inside out and then actually implement it. Like I remember you saying how scared you were to do some of these things and it didn't stop you from implementing things. And you, like everyone listening to this, probably has 75 courses living on their hard drive somewhere, but you know the difference between 
buying the course and then actually implementing the stuff in the course is the difference. You do that and then you test it and then you ask questions and then you improve it. I just think you're phenomenal. So thank you. Thank you so much. And I think it's because of people like you that give people like us the opportunity to actually do what we, that is so close to our hearts. Oh, oh, I love it. So Ricky, tell us your favorite word. Oh, okay. Because I am bilingual, may I choose two then? <laughs> you, can, you can have as many as you want. So, um, yeah, I think my favorite Afrikaans word would be narki. Oh, that's delicious. And then narki is actually the Afrikaans word for a mandarin. Oh, wow. But I love the sound of the word. Yeah. And even my kids don't talk about a mandarin. They talk about a narki. Where the English-speaking South African people say Nachi, but it's not the same. It's a narki. <laughs> oh, the roll, the rolling R is incredible. Uh, like do, do, when children are born and they're toddlers, does that rolling R come naturally if you're surrounded by it all the time? No, it's actually one of the last sounds that South Af that Afrikaans-speaking kids can make often, oh, that yeah. and the S, the, the lisp. So the R is probably the last one, but it's interesting. So in South Africa, if you cannot roll your R's by the time you start about pre-primary, they will send you to speech therapy because oh, you will wow. get used in school if you cannot roll them. Wow. <laughs> so we That's have sad. special speeches for, for the R, yes. So it's, it's just so part of our language that you yeah. have to be able to do it. <laughs> I love it. I love that you've kept it. Um, and now would you, um, oh, so what's your favorite English word then? Uh, I think just, and it's again, it's just the sound of it. I think it's bubbles. <laughs> because you cannot bubbles. say the word bubbles and be angry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you know that crisp is one of the English words where you have to use every single part of your tongue and your mouth to say it? Oh, wow. Crisp. Yeah, because That's you. Insane. Yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? Um, now, but, would you, but you have to roll your crisp. Crisp. Yeah, yeah I don't know that go. I'd be very. I have to really <laughs> think about it. <laughs> oh, Ricky, you've been fabulous. Would you like to take us out with the May Your Day Be So Crisp? Yes, may your day be crispier than die chocolate cookie that you after the deer eat, want you will not with your kinders deal me. You win. <laughs> that Do you want me to translate? <laughs> yes. No. Yes. No, I do. <laughs> so the English version will then be, may your day be crispier than that chocolate chip cookie you are eating behind the door, just so you don't have to share it with your kids. I love it both ways. Thank you, Ricky. Thank you. This Thank you so much for having me, Jay. I really enjoyed it. This has been So Crisp. My guest has been Ricky Deal, head tamer at Tame Your Zoo, where she helps parents and teachers understand their kids' different temperaments so they can communicate more effectively and so each member feels loved and accepted for who they are. Then kids can grow up into mature and content adults and be the people they were meant to be. 
You've been listening to So Crisp with copywriter, copy coach, and consultant Jay Crisp Crow. If you've loved this episode, get all the juicy details and links at crispcopy.com.au forward slash podcast. Make sure you never miss a bite by subscribing to So Crisp wherever you get your podcasts. Want to help us spread the deliciousness? Rate and review this show and share with your mates. Remember, if there's a copy question you want nibbled at, email me straight away right now.